welcome to the Dental Deep Dive, where we dive into industry trends and best practices for optimizing your dental organization while providing the best possible experience and care for patients. Hello everyone, welcome to the Dental Deep Dive. My name is David Danielson, and today I'm joined by Kevin Kidd, co-founder and chief business development officer of Axiomed. Today, we're gonna to be focusing on some of the challenges and opportunities in the patient payment industry. And today, we also have a special surprise in store for you. I wanna make sure that everybody today sticks around because later in this episode, we actually have something to give away to you. So make sure you stay tuned for that and let's dive in. Welcome back, everybody. We are really grateful to have Kevin Kidd here with Axiomed. Um, he's joining us. We're going to be talking a lot about what's going on in the payment industry and what uh, is going to help you uh, run your practice even better. As you know, we do episodes like this pretty regularly where we're focusing on what are the actual best practices that you should be following to drive better results. And today, we are so glad that Kevin could make it. Thank you for being here. No worries. Glad to be here. <laughs> I'm glad you could fly out. So we were just talking about the fact that we're in Utah and we have no snow. <laughs> and we need to get our snow back, so if all of you are out there, pray for Utah to get their snow back because our mountains are pretty pretty brown right now. So, um, But one of the things I want to kind of kick this conversation off with is, you know, what, what trends are we really seeing in the market as it relates to payment industry? What things should practices be aware of and, and what should they be thinking about? That's a good question. Um, so the, the payments industry is fairly dynamic. Uh, so it touches every part, lots of different industries in the United States and, and globally, right? And all the different industries have different pain points and, and payments are a little bit different depending on kind of what industry it is. Healthcare is probably in my mind, one of the most unique industries as it relates to kind of the payments um, processing and payment technology because there's lots of different software systems, lots of touch points. Um, and so I think in the, the healthcare realm for payments, we see a lot of focus on security. So security is a really important kind of aspect of, of uh, the payments industry. And it's really important to make sure that whatever system you're choosing is gonna be really secure. And so I think that's one big thing that we're seeing a lot of focus on when people are thinking about a new vendor or a new processor. Um, the other thing we've seen is some challenges in interoperability and uh, reconciliation because there's still lots of people that are taking payments on standalone devices and other systems that are not integrated with their core practice management solution that has the, the patient accounting records. And so they have reconciliation and um, reporting issues that they really are trying to solve for today. So do you think the biggest driver of that is really just better workflow or is it better security? That's, yeah, this, so I think some of it is better workflow and you have to ask yourself too, who is it better workflow for, right? There's the patient as a persona, right? The most important persona in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, so you wanna create an experience for the patient to be able to make that payment simple for them, to help them understand what they owe and make it simple for them and then make the payment. Um, then there's also the persona of the person in the, the back of the office, the office manager, or a treasurer or a CFO of a larger DSO who has to take all of these um, solutions and lots of data points and reconcile them back to 
uh, their budgeting and their projections and things like that. So I think there's a lot of different touch points that are really important for people to consider there. Oh, that's perfect. So. Yeah, and you know, one thing that um, my audience will know because I've been talking to them about it for a while is this this notion of why are we doing things manually in so many use cases, right? <laughs> like there should be an easier way. And I think that you're really hitting on a couple of those things. I think that's great. Yeah, they're typically, you know, it's funny, other industries, when it comes to consumer payments, seems like other industries have made it simpler, faster, right? Mm. Retail, restaurant, even the restaurant has had some hiccups with like pay at the table. Um, But, uh, you know, in healthcare, it seems like making it simpler for patients to make payments and making better workflows for everyone involved, it's just taken a while. That makes a lot of sense. Going back to what we were hitting on earlier, so what should practices really be considering when they're looking at, you know, payment technology? Mm. So there's a number of things they really need to consider. Um, It's not a simple choice. Um, There are complications when you're looking at different vendors because there's lots of different payment processing companies. Like there seems to be somebody knocking on your door to sell credit card payments every day, right? So there's lots and lots of those different people, but typically those folks are just reselling somebody else's technology and they really don't know the industry. So uh, those, there's a lot of those folks that really kind of muck up kind of the, the knowledge base and you know what kind of make it difficult for people to understand from a practice perspective, what should they choose? Because they may have relationships with one of those folks, but don't understand that I have a core practice management system like Dentrix Enterprise, and I want the workflows to work well for that system. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the challenges, one of the things they need to think about is, uh, does that company understand healthcare? Like I said before, healthcare is one of the more complicated industries as it, become, as it comes to payments. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a consideration. There's not many companies that are payment technology companies like ours that just focus completely on healthcare. Um, and so I think that's a big consideration. I think another consideration is, is this, is this technology that they're using the most secure that they can find? Yeah. Security is absolutely a key component to whatever software solution that you're looking at. Mm-hmm. And so uh, a lot of people just don't really pay attention to it. They just assume that it's going to be secure, um, but they don't really kind of do their homework and make sure that it's secure. One of the best ways, I think, to make sure that whatever they're choosing is the best of breed is to figure out who do their core practice management system suggests using. So. Henry Shine, obviously, when we started working together, you made sure that we were doing everything right <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, from it's... compliance and legal and security. So um, yeah. that's a real value to the clients. Yeah, absolutely. And the one thing that, you know, from the Dentrix Enterprise perspective, since I'm the product manager for that product, um, one of the things that I most worry about is patient information. Like, how do we make sure it's safe? How do we make sure that we're maintaining our areas of expertise? And the one thing I knew I didn't want to be was a payment processor. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just not my bread and butter, right? Yeah. Like I'm more, much more interested in in automating what happens in the practice. But you know, trying to become PCI compliant and work on all those nuances, it's a big mm-hmm. lift, and and it takes yeah. specialized knowledge. And you know, reiterating the point that you made, which is is that specialized knowledge for payments, and then couple that with this 
with the healthcare piece of it, it makes yeah. that really unique, uh, really unique opportunity. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we really try to make it simple for our partners to kind of integrate the payments in their system in a very secure way. And you mentioned um, kind of healthcare data. It's not just the financial data too, it's also PHI, right? Yep. And most other payment processing companies, they don't, they're not HIPAA compliant. Because we focus on healthcare, we are HIPAA compliant. So we we take the time to sign business associate agreements. That's very core to what we do. Yeah, so, perfect. Yeah, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So that brings up a really great point, Kevin. So what kind of big challenges do you see with people taking credit card payments right now in practices? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, there's a few that really stand out to me. I think one of the biggest ones that um, that I see oftentimes, and we don't just see it in dental, but we also see it in other parts of, of healthcare, is how do I accept a large balance and create a payment plan? And oftentimes, software systems don't have it built into their applications. And so people do things that are not necessarily PCI compliant to kind of work around that. So mm-hmm. um, I have seen in the past where uh, front office manager or back office manager, if somebody has a large balance, they'll basically decide that they're going to do a payment plan and they'll write in the notebook the credit card number of the patient and then they'll put down (laughs) the date that they're supposed to take it out every month. And then, but that's a big PCI problem because if somebody steals that notebook, then that's a, technically it's a data breach. And so that's not what they want. But now that we're working through that solution right now that'll be ready very soon where Dentrix Enterprise is going to have the payment plan functionality. They'll use our PCI validated vault for all the credit card payments. So the practices are never going to have that credit card data in their mm-hmm. systems. Yeah. So then they'll be PCI compliant. Uh, and it makes a lot of sense on our side because, you know, we had payment plan machinery, but we didn't mm-hmm. have it integrated with the payments the way that we wanted. Yeah. And so part of what we've been working on right now is just getting those, you know, T's crossed, I's dotted and get those pieces wrapped up so that we can provide what we would consider the right end-to-end solution for for customers and for their patients. So I think that's a really great point that you're touching on. Um, What does Axiomed in general, what do they do for Dentrix Enterprise different than, uh, say, you know, going with, you know, off-the-street swipe? Or, you know, if, if I'm a, you know, traditional payment vendor, what does Axiomed do differently? Yeah. So, a couple of things that we, I would say that we do is we are we're the the chosen integrated payment solution inside of Henry Shine Dentrix Enterprise. So that means a lot because it makes the workflow for the patient much simpler, um, and it also makes the workflow reconciliation reporting much simpler, easier for back office staff and accounting, especially when it gets to larger DSOs because um, that. You know, more and more locations, more and more practices, that can create a lot more difficulty. So we, the fact that we have that integration really makes the workflows better so that the patients are able to have a better experience and it's easier for them to make the payment and it's easier for the back office staff to do the reconciliation and deal with things like that. And I think that means a lot, especially the DSOs, because the DSOs are really focused on growing their practices they're also really concerned about um, scaling the businesses because DSOs today that might be five or 10 practices yep. in a year might be 50 or 100. 
Yeah. And so they've got to deal with how are we going to deal with scale and how are we going to deal with processes that might not be perfect today when we're two or three practices. But once we're 100, there have to be really good processes and procedures on how to you know, scale the business and do things properly. Yeah. And so with the integration, it's a much more scalable solution from an accounting perspective as well as a patient perspective. Perfect. Did you consider, you know, in the spectrum of choosing partners and picking the people that you like to work with, um, you know, how did Dentrix Enterprise end up on your list? How did you guys bump into us in the first place? Well, we also have a lot of client base in large hospitals and health systems. And so our solution set and the architecture of it was um, highly secure and built for large scale. So what we really liked about Dentrix Enterprise is that you built a system that is focused upon kind of helping the larger practice groups and larger DSOs with all the challenges that they have as a larger enterprise. So for example, um, we in our architecture, we built a cloud-based management solution for all the devices so that a practice can manage all the devices in lots of different locations. If you've got two or three locations, then you can deal with two or three devices. But if you've got 150 locations and now you have 450 payment devices, yep. it's really helpful to have that cloud-based application where you're able to manage everything. So we saw Henry Shine, Dentrix Enterprise, really focus on those larger organizations. Mm -hmm. And we thought that it would be a great partnership and a fit for our organizations because you were focused on a lot of the same things that we were. That makes a lot of sense. So going back to a few things that um, that we wanted to do to help people today is what we've done is we went together and we met earlier. We have spent a bunch of time doing some research and we put together a really compelling white paper around payment security. Um, we're gonna make that available for anybody who's listening. Mm -hmm. The link will be down in the details um, below this video or we'll send it out in a variety of other ways to make sure people can get access to it. Um, but we'd really like to thank our friends at Axiomed for helping us with some of that data and the research that we put together. And we've tried to create something that would create value for people right now. And I think it's really important that people understand, hey, this isn't just a transactional piece where does the money make it to my bank account, but am I gonna be solving my operational problems that come from taking payments? And that's where we're really trying to solve these big operational challenges beyond the, did I get the money? And I think when we start looking at those things, I think that people can really understand that it's a really complex problem to solve and that we've really taken some really great strides to, to make opportunities for large groups or hospital systems to be able to integrate in a more compelling way. All right, so um, that's my pet word, by the way. I say so a lot. <laughs> I don't know why. And you guys can make fun of me later. Just put it in the comments because I'd love to hear. So one of the things that we want to <laughs> tackle is, you know, what makes... Axiomed more secure than other platforms. I mean, one of the challenges we bump into is we say, oh, we're, we're more secure, and we try and compare it to other things, but we don't know what more secure means. So, mm -hmm. you know, can you help us, you know, tackle that problem, help us understand what that means? Yeah. So I think from a security perspective, it sometimes is hard for someone who doesn't understand the payment industry to understand, well, this situation is sec more secure than another. Um, but I think in some ways the industry has kind of made that a little bit more poignant or a little bit more understandable in some ways in the fact that, so 
there's this concept of encryption, of encrypting data that you know is when you swipe a card or dip an EMV card, yep. it's encrypted at the device level and then sent on to the payment gateway. Um, so that's a level of security that people need to think about. But there's different layers of encryption. So you can have just standard encryption that most everybody has, but there's also a higher level of encryption called PCI validated point-to-point encryption. And that is uh, where the encryption is actually validated by a third party QSA for, from the PCI council. And they basically are looking at it and say, yes, this is all done correctly. And the process of giving the device from the manufacturer all the way to when it is delivered to the point of care, it's not been tampered with. Mm-hmm. And so most people don't have that type of encryption and, and we do in our platform because security is really important to us. Some other things that are uh, key in some respects is how does the payment device connect to a workstation? Uh, most people have a payment device that connects to a workstation with a USB cord. Yep. Um, we never really liked that because if you think about like HIPAA compliance and the High Tech Act requirements, they really want systems and access to uh, the hardware systems to be locked down. And so when you have a port open to accept like the USB, that's just not, not best practice. It also requires that you have another software uh, client on the workstations. So what we did is we built a cloud-based solution so that the integration with the practice management system like Dentrix Enterprise is basically in the cloud. It's connected not through the workstation. And so our system, we don't have devices that plug right into the workstation. They're all either wireless or ethernet, and they don't require a a client on the the workstation, which just, it makes it more secure and it's much easier to manage as well because people don't have to worry about updating the clients on the workstation, Mm -hmm. which seems to happen a lot of times, once or twice, three, four times a year, Mm -hmm. which is a pain. Yep, totally. That makes a lot of sense. So one question that comes to mind is, you know, what else is in the white paper that people should know about? Like if you were to say, hey, here's the candy, here's the good stuff, go check it out. What's in there that you feel like are just salient, important points that they want to tackle? I would say the most important point in the white paper is, and this sounds very general, um, but pay attention to security. I mean, I think that is the overarching message that I would say that if you read the if you read the white paper and, and understand a little bit of the nitty-gritty, that's great. But as a especially as a growing DSO, uh, when you're a smaller practice, you probably don't have the bandwidth to pay attention really to security policies and procedures and making sure that you know passwords are being changed and things like that. All the good stuff that you're supposed to do from a security perspective and you have technology and and very important data, PHI. Um, but as you grow and you become a larger DSO, you have more data, more patience means more responsibility. And you ha- you're a larger target then. And so I would say the most important to, thing to point out is pay attention to security, think about it, have somebody in the organization, especially when you grow a little bit larger, to pay attention to the fact that you have this really important data and you've got to protect it. Uh, I would say too, the other thing is, it's not just outside uh, people who are going to do bad things with the data. It's not just other foreign countries trying to hack into your systems. 
It also can be people who work for you. It could be you could have a problem with you know, accessing data and using it in the wrong way by having somebody who's a neighbor of someone else just looking at their personal health information without them knowing it. And that's a challenge too. So it's just, it's something that you just need to pay attention to as an organization. Perfect. And oftentimes they don't. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I'm hearing kind of an underwritten best practice that if you're on the smaller side, you should christen somebody, the security <laughs> person for your business so that they can put a little bit more security focus in those areas. Mm -hmm. um, even if you're small, you should be thinking about it. You should be aware yeah. of it. You should be looking for opportunities to apply best practice. And uh, obviously, you know, we'd be sharing more ideas along those lines as we go. Um, but yeah, perfect. I really love that recommendation. Yeah. And I would say too, some, a lot of these DSOs are, uh, my background is as an attorney, I did a lot of M&A for years. Um, one aspect of these practices is that the DSOs are typically growing by acquisition. Mm -hmm. They should really focus on some part of the diligence and how does this, how do these practices that we're buying, how do they handle security? What does their security footprint look like? That's really important because you could end up buying a real problematic liability if they've done things wrong because they could be liable for that on down the road. That makes sense. One of the challenges that we know that patient experiences when they're right there, they're at the dental practice, they are looking down at a big giant number because they had to get some type of restorative process done. What are we gonna do for them? What, what is, what's happening in the world of payments to make that an easier process for the patients? Yeah, so there's a number of things that we're seeing that are making that better for the patient. Um, one is certainly kind of the the payment plan solution that we're working together to build inside yep. of um, Dentrix Enterprise. So that's going to really help a lot because that allows the practices to take those larger balances and allow the patient to split them up in kind of bite-size amounts that they can pay over a period of time. Yep. And so I think that's going to be really helpful. Um, Another solution that we're working through right now is a patient financing solution. So care credit is probably the, one of the most utilized patient financing solutions in dental. And so we've partnered with them to create an integration with our payment platform to allow for care credit transactions to be run in a much simpler way than today. Mm -hmm. So today, a care credit card uh, holder, if they want to use their card at a dental practice, they're typically having to have a conversation with the person at the front desk saying, hey, I want to use my care credit card. And then going through kind of the different options for patient financing mm -hmm. is a conversation. They've got to print out pieces of paper. It's, it's not as user friendly. But what we've built is all of the workflow is on the same payment device that they're, the practice is taking credit card, debit card payments. Mm. And so it's a self-guided experience where the patient is presented with a large balance yep. and they're able to use their card right there and choose on the screen which type of solution that they want for patient financing. And then it just all is authenticated and they sign off right there on the device. So it's a much better solution for the patient mm -hmm. and it's also a better solution for the practice Absolutely. because it's integrated into the patient accounting record. Perfect. So on the so if you're integrated this way with a practice management system like Dentrix Enterprise, what happens on the back end with a care credit integration? So what happens on the back end is that typically today the integrate if a care credit card might be taken 
then there has to be manual reconciliation done in the patient accounting record. So you might be taking the payment inside of a separate care credit solution that's cloud-based, but then you have to go and manually basically indicate, okay, John Smith just paid you know, $1,000 on the care credit card. So they have to do that manual reconciliation. Our system is going to allow it to be auto-posting, and so there won't be the manual reconciliation. It's perfect. Right. Just less touches, less opportunity for fat fingering or human intervention, humor yeah. error. Just that automated system, it's the right number every time, mm-hmm. and it's driven completely by the patient based on their preferences and what they want to do. That's exactly right. That's yeah. perfect. And it really reduces, I think, the challenges of the front office staff having to have an uncomfortable conversation <laughs> with the patients. I mean, oftentimes, yep. if people can't pay their bills right then and there, it's hard to talk about those things. Yep. So... That makes sense. That makes sense. So are there any other pieces that you feel like we should tackle today that really enhance the patient experience? I mean, a lot of times when we think about practices, we think about the operational side of the practice. How do we want to optimize, you know, what happens on the practices side? But what are the things we're doing right now to really focus on helping the patients themselves? Yeah, so we're. I would say that we're doing around about three things I would point out. One is we are adding patient financing into the workflow to make it really simple for a patient to make a payment and kind of finance that larger balance. I think secondly, we're really making it simple for the practices to be PCI compliant and not have to worry about security. So if they're using our joint solution, they really don't have to worry about the security solution because we've gotten that taken care of. I think the third is we're working on some real innovative kind of solutions to help patients make payments and enhance workflows at the point of care and also um, outside of the point of care. And so I think we'll be able to announce those uh, sometime soon, but I'm really excited about how that's going to help the practices. Yeah, Yeah, I think those are going to be really great. It's perfect. All right. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for making time to jump in and have a chat with us. And uh, welcome for our, this is just a quick wrap up on our episode. Number one, Let's make sure that we're keeping our eye on security, particularly around the payments area. We want to make sure that we are applying some best practices to the people that are in the environments so that we apply best practice in a variety of ways. And then the last tip here is to download the white paper, get informed, learn something about what's going on. And if there's anything else that you need, you know that we're here. Um, Any questions on this episode, anything you'd like to learn more, please drop a question in the comment field below. And if you are excited about this type of content, please like it. If you want to smash the button, then go ahead and do that too, because we'd really like to know what kind of content that people want to hear from us, and we'll continue to do the best that we can. Thank you for joining us today, and we'll catch you later. Thank you for joining us for this episode. We were so glad to have Kevin Kidd on the call. As a quick reminder, check into the notes and the podcast notes below, and you can go and get the download link for the free white paper that we referenced in the call. Thanks again for attending, and brace yourselves because we are going to be interviewing Adam McDaniel, Director of Platforms at Henry Schein One, in our next episode. So stay tuned. We're going to be focusing on what's happening in 2020. This episode of the Dental Deep Dive is sponsored by Dentrix Enterprise. Dentrix Enterprise is the top choice of large dental practices that place a premium on customized workflows. If you'd like to learn more about how Dentrix Enterprise can be customized to help your practice, 
visit dentrixenterprise.com forward slash dental deep dive.